0: Greetings nerds, this is Seaman Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer Will Polk. How are you doing today, Will?
1: Doing very well. It's a good Sunday afternoon. Uh I'm sure all our golf fans are probably probably happy that Tiger Woods won a won the Masters today, so and then yeah, and there's just a lot of nerd news dropping, so hey, I'm ready I'm ready to talk.
0: <laughs> there's all this nerd news and you led with golf?
1: Yeah, well, you know it's Sunday afternoon. I just, don't know. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. He hasn't won a major in what, like, ten years. So, you know, tried to throw a bone to some of our listeners who actually may may be interested in these kind of things. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just the uh, the undercard for the main event. How's that?
0: And now the conversation continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there is a lot of geek news um, because it's. Star Wars celebration right now this weekend, so a lot of stuff is dropping, a lot of stuff that I think is cool at a distance. And then um, today, the big thing was the Mandalorian. I right. saw some of the footage. I, I'm still waiting for it to hit YouTube for me to give like a thorough reaction to it.
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: but it has Pedro Pascal, so
1: it yeah. does. It does, uh, and. The at least the the footage from the hall because I guess there's that there is seems to be there was an embargo on the uh on it being released so far so but of course there's always the bootlegs and uh we I did retweet from our our show account uh some uh, okay for um, video from the hall, so you can get some of the details, but you're right I mean we' definitely need to get uh the official. Trailer, but uh, but from what I what I've seen so far and what I've read uh, about the about the series is I'm very excited for this, Um, and it does you know it always begs the question you know do we need this and one of those we've had this gap between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens and the Mandalorian is going to fill that gap as far as what happens after the Empire falls. After Return of the Jedi, and it's, it looks amazing. Some of the things I've seen it compare it to is, uh, Clint Eastwood and, and, and Western, the man with no name, because I guess, uh, Pedro Pascal's character is, is, has, has the, the, as for the Star Wars geeks, we don't have to explain, but, uh, the Mandalorian armor is, uh, Boba Fett. So, uh, so if you, I uh, thought Boba, Boba Fett was cool. Uh, this character is, armor's based off of that and, uh, it's right like I said, it's set off to the time of the fall of the empire and, uh, it's got a pretty, pretty strong cast with, uh, Carl Weathers and, uh, Gina Carano from Deadpool. And yeah, it, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I, I don't
0: know if I would say strong cast because Gina Carano is in it. <laughs> Well, and just compared, I mean, she was in Deadpool, but yeah. she like hardly said a thing. So sure. it actually makes me more nervous that she's in it because she's going to probably be have a lot more dialogue. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a list cast. It's not, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's known quantities. I guess it's fair to say. Uh, but I sure think premise, will.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, but but getting to the story itself, the premise is very interesting. I will say that.
0: All right. Um. I don't know what the premise is, and I don't really want to go into details at this time because, again, I want to talk about it more when the actual trailer drops on YouTube. Okay. Um. Meanwhile, we did get a um a trailer for the next Star Wars film featuring an A-list cast. Because Gina Carano is not in it, and um, I just <laughs> that's gonna bother you for the rest of the afternoon. I know you're gonna
1: you're gonna give me hell about that the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if all of that ended up on the editing room floor. <laughs> like I I regret this. Um, but um, I was actually disappointed by this trailer. Really? I have to admit it. I especially the name. The name bothers me a lot uh the rise of skywalker i just this trailer it it didn't show me anything where i was like i never thought i would get to see something like that um i i don't really know what's going on with the story at this point and i i kind of like that but i also just i don't know the the last for episode eight the trailer was such like manipulation for what was happening um that that going into the star wars there were a lot of surprises and and this one i just am very cautious over assuming anything that i can like connect the dots on what's happening, um, who they're talking about, uh, what will happen. And I also I thought about this a lot. The one thing that bothers me about this movie is the more footage I start to see, the more my um, ship life is riding on this movie, turning out a certain way. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> Raylo fans know what I'm talking about. Yeah. This movie has a lot riding on it for some of the shippers who are hardcore and who have invested like a year of fan fiction. <laughs>
1: yeah, at, at its core, that's that's what disappointed you about this trailer. Let's just get to it. <laughs> it wasn't the it the title was not Raylo the Awakening. Well, I mean that's. <laughs>
0: And also, listeners, can you do me a favor? Tell me how many third movies of a trilogy are uh, begin with that word rise, because that that's starting to get a bit redundant. And I'm just like, oh, The Force Awakens, cool name. Last Jedi, cool name. And they're going to end it on the rise of Skywalker when I like like rewind back to when Force Awakens cr- came out. They were like this. We want to try to get away from the Skywalker family. I mean, Ben Solo is in it, but he's a solo. He has Skywalker blood, but he's still Solo by name. So it's just it's just interesting that all of a sudden now the big name is the rise of Skywalker. I'm like, huh, that kind of is a three sixty and then there's are all those theories about Ray being a clone. I don't know, Will. Yeah. I'm just a mixed bag of emotion at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I, I, I hope I I hope that Ray is not a clone, first of all. Uh and the, the of course the, the the title and I've I've seen both uh, uh reactions. I, I know uh, just in my own household, uh, it was, you know, folks were, were split on the, the title. I actually, I actually liked it. Um, it's, uh, it's ambiguous enough that it could give us seven months of just sheer speculation of what it means. I mean, my take on it was when we've heard that this is the end of the Skywalker saga. it, it, it I think you can, you can, it's. I almost sound like I'm double-talking here, and, and just ride, bear with me for a moment. So, it could be the end of the Skywalker saga in the sense that Anakin's story will end in this film. Because as, as the, 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 nine chapter, the nine episodes that we've uh, been through really is Anakin's arc. So, you could have the end of the Skywalker saga by ending... Uh, Anakin's run now Anakin's son obviously Luke I look at Luke as the I think the last Jedi and I know obviously fandom split on this film some people like it more with age, some people don't. Yeah, obviously I, I know where you fall because of some scenes that happened, uh, s- several times in it.
0: <laughs> I, I, I guess I just want to say, like, I understand why a lot of people don't like that movie. There's yeah. big sections and I don't rewatch it all the time or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like it for really that one plot line and that's probably 35% of the movie. So.
1: Yeah. So that being said, about so you know so the thing about Last Jedi that stands out to me is it is and I know Mark Hamill was I was not happy with the way Luke was portrayed in this film, but in a way I, I see again the rise of Skywalker and the rise of a new type of Jedi because Luke is that one he's that bridge that. He, he, you know, he wasn't a chosen one like Anakin, and he is a lot like Ray, where he discovered his Force powers when he's a teen, late, early twenty, late late in his adolescence, early early adulthood. Uh, he comes to the Jedi Order, and we see this reflected in Last Jedi. So, he, he, very disillusioned with it because he saw the truths and that the Jedi had their flaws, and they were not all-knowing and all-perfect. And he himself failed with, with Ben Solo. So I think, whereas it is the ending of the Anakin line of Jedi and Yoda and, and Obi-Wan and all that crowd, I th- think this is the rise of Skywalker is this new breed of, of Jedi who is going to be personified in Rey. And that new Skywalker branch. So yeah, the old Skywalker saga ends, but this new generation of Jedi is a, I guess for lack of a better term, they're Jedi woke because they know the good, the bad in between and how the, the reverence of the Jedi order is, is not the same as it was when, when Luke and the, in the old Republic, um, when the order was around, in no old Republic.
0: Right.
1: So that, that's what I take from the title.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. A lot of people going, coming out of Last Jedi were talking about Grey Jedi and that being a thing. And some people don't like it. Some people do like it. I, I don't know what's going to essentially happen with episode nine and just reaction considering what happened with episode eight. Um, I'm, I'm glad that it's wrapping up. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll, We'll see. Um, I I just, I just know Kylo's gonna die. Like he's, he's gonna die. Now the question is, will he sacrifice himself, and that's like his redemption, or will, I don't, Ray can't kill him, or else is that against the Jedi code? It well in the
1: old order, yeah. Um, Yeah, so that
0: wouldn't be aligned. So either either they do live happily ever after or he does sacrifice himself.
1: Yeah, I, it, the way this the way the series is going it's big on the redemption arc. And so obviously that that is one place it could go is the redemption of Ben Solo. Uh,
0: but Well, that makes sense with everything you were just saying about yeah. how like the the new version of Jedi, like the the Jedi are gone, but there are still protectors out there because you want to balance the good and the the bad.
1: Right. Right. So it'll, it'll be fun speculating over, over the next uh, seven months. I know (laughs) I, uh, I just, we did run like a a, a flash full. I just had to put it out there. Just curious to see how people are feeling, especially that uh, end game is uh, less than two weeks away. Now what's, and it's completely prisoner of the moment, but uh at least the folks who responded to our our flash polls, I think so far people are still more excited for end game than than Star Wars. Uh Oh I absolutely. It, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean because it's it's near, it's right like we've yeah. seen a lot of the footage. We yeah. we are prepared for it. Captain Marvel dropped, huge success. It's mm-hmm. still going. And and it's we're in the end game. Right. Seriously,
1: we, we really are. So,
0: yeah. And and so I, I part of me, and I'm glad you bring this up because part of me, I think, why I'm just kind of laissez-faire about the trailer for episode nine is because I, that's in December, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this month. I'm thinking about what's right in front of me, which is yeah. ending. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, and we spoke. You know, we we talked offline quite a bit as far as you know what. When we were expecting a trailer, would they would they run it before Endgame? Um, and obviously, they decided to drop it during Star Wars Celebration. It's at the end of the day, both it's of these still
0: going to were... run in front of Endgame. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And at the end of the day, both these films are going to do very well for various reasons. And but it was just I, I was just kind of curious. Uh, again, I know it's prisoner of the moment, and I think you're right on right on the money when you're saying that. Uh, end game is here. That's what's in forefront of people's minds right now. But, um, yeah, you know, once 2019 ends and we look back on, on the year, given that both stories are, are endings for various reasons, uh, I'll be, you know, when we, when we talk later this, this year after Star Wars, I would love to see people's reactions after seeing both films.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So speaking of seeing films and having reactions, I did see Shazam. Um, why did you get so quiet? That's like I have, very.
1: I have, been, I have been very good about not asking you. What did you think? I want to get live, honest. I want you, you to get my live, honest reaction without having time to process it. <laughs> about what your thoughts of the film were.
0: You liked it more than I did, that's for sure. it's a given that 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 you would have liked it more than I did. um I'm gonna start with the good things about it. Uh, this is the first DCEU family film. I would say um i, I there's a real endearing charm about it, and it, it makes it hard not to like part of the genius with this film is really the casting hands down. Um, And it's not just Zachary Levi, because what what dawned on me while watching the film, I'm like, wow, we're probably like a good quarter of the way through this movie. And he hasn't even shown up yet. (laughs) I'm just like, Whoa, this is a long introduction. And that says a lot to Astro Angel who plays, Billy um, Badson, and and how he is able to play that straight lace character and has a lot of heart in it. Um, And then Mr. Jack Dylan Grazer is just that the classic, um, I'll say it, Adam Brody character. It's like they took the OC Ryan yeah. and Seth and implanted it into the DC universe, and they knew <laughs> they were doing that. But it's like between the two of them, I just their chemistry mm-hmm. was so awesome yeah. because they they are best. They they become best friends, but they become also brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have a lot of similarities, but more importantly, their differences and. And there's those moments when they're fighting like an old married couple. And it's just, it's so perfect to me. Meanwhile, between Asher and Zachary Levi, Jack, Zachary Levi just, he, he has this ability to play a kid, but not dumb it down. Right, like right. he's not playing stupid, like no. a stupid adult. He's playing... An adult with a childlike spirit Mm -hmm. and, and there, that's a big difference. And I think that's why this movie works for the most part is I really like that. And I really like how he is that version of Asher if he was a superhero, just like Adam Brody is literally the version (laughs) of Freddie Freeman. Like that's another thing. As soon as they did that, I was unsure. And then I started recognizing. All of the, the kids, um, who was playing the superhero version. And I'm like, Oh my God, that is so funny. I like that. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, think... I, you know, I did, not make that OC connection until, until you, you just shared that with me. Cause when I watched the film that, um, at least physically, uh, the grown up, the superhero version of Freddy, uh, physically, they did a great job of just, casting casting like if jack actually grew up he would look like uh, a little a little bit like adam brody mm-hmm. uh physical aspect but uh but you're you're right though in that um these um uh, zachary's portrayal of of shazam it is what is what it is the heart of that movie and i think i even said whenever you know, i did the spoiler free review uh, a few weeks ago um this movie had heart
0: mm-hmm. and that's
1: what I meant by that. I think you, you picked up on um, th- th- I mean, I, you, you fleshed out what I meant by the, the, the film's heart. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it has, has done so well. And that's why I really liked it as far as just a different type of, it is a family film. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it's a definite different alt take on the DCEU and, um, uh, it could, um, easily have not been in the universe at all, and it wouldn't have really mattered.
0: Oh, wow, that's a... <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I went, and for some reason, I feel like that statement went real dark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not dark. It's just that it, it, it would have been okay if it were... If we... I mean, and they they don't... It's Obviously, it's touched on, and obviously... Uh, spoiler alert, uh, since we're talking, uh, there is the big a well-known hero shows up at the end. Superman shows up at the end. Um, but my point in that you could have had the film without uh, without touching on the other characters in the DCEU, it, it'll have been fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I I understand. I I think you're I think you're right, and that's kind of where we are at with that universe is that we need these characters to work on their own before you can bring them together in a team capacity. Yeah. If you ever choose to go that route. Yeah. Um, everybody noticed that he didn't allow me to talk about the negatives of this movie.
1: Oh, go right ahead. We are. <laughs> I was just I, while you were still in a very positive mode, I was just jumping in there and and, and, and enjoying the, the positive uh, the positive Sarah on, on Suzanne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, no, the biggest weakness is the villain. It's it's always the villain because they do what every one of these movies has done. They have a bunch of CGI creatures. Who go and terrorize people and, and actually at one point it was very violent <laughs> and yeah. it was like, are they going to keep that up? And then by then it just got corny. I mean, some of the doctor civilian stuff was cool. Um, I like how they did that, they did that moment about envy, um, being the last sin to come out of hiding. That was, that was a really nice scene, um the beginning starting it with him, and how he's also kind of an abandoned kid in a way. I understand what they were going for. Mark Strong just did not pull it off That's being that grown up, he turned into just the typical um mustache twirling villain at the end um and throughout majority of the film and so i just i wish that that dynamic between him and billy batson had worked out a lot better um and maybe the casting should have been different um to really elevate it to that place um but we all know that um they just wanted to get through this narration through this big like here's this universe mm-hmm. so we could eventually get to black adam cuz yes. the rock is going to nail combating with zachary levi so yeah 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 yeah
1: it, yeah, this definitely was the uh, the setup film and, and and i think for this is like like wonder woman before it and even aquaman um i think they 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 have found their footing as with as you said it's better for them to have these standalone films maybe with a cameo appearances very it, it, it was very smart how they actually uh had superman in this film uh it was uh very good moment and and, and I'm glad that uh it it ended up that Henry Cavill has scheduling conflicts so that he couldn't be in the film uh be, or because I think it that the ending in the cafeteria would have been different if he actually had dialogue. I think Freddie's Freddie's reaction was just classic. Like, you know, every super, every superhero fan geek would just, just gush fall over themselves. If they had, you know, that, that was us when Freddie reacted there in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. So, uh so I think that worked out well, but, uh, again, I think it was a, it was a, it's a fun film. Uh, I do stand by what I said earlier, that I think it is the best of the, of the DC films so far. Um, I'm backing off of that. And, um, and I, I know, yeah, I'm looking forward to as they expand on this and, uh, yeah, Suzanne versus Black, Black Adam. Yeah.
0: And also
1: hopefully. And hopefully they'll, they'll re- finally refer him to him as the Big Red Cheese. I'm surprised Freddy didn't do it.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, we also have the third episode of Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. And Mayhem is out. And I, I was a bit surprised by this episode because they stuck with the – 100 days ago, 200 days ago. And it kind of it kind of threw me especially towards the end when they um that the day started to I don't know, um the backtracking kind of got a little little wonky because yeah. I felt like it backtracked tracked to a present day and then it still back, backtracked a little bit further. Now at the end of the day, the big most confusing part of this episode was Father Delgado <laughs> <laughs> he he co he's back, mm-hmm. um, no longer a priest. He's fully embracing his drunken side of himself. And Mayhem stumbles across him on a few different occasions. Right. And I still don't really understand why. I'm curious. I mean, at one point she finds him on bourbon street, um, basically in a drunken mess. And she says, I, um, forgive me father for, I am about to sin. And we don't know really what happens because it's days later that it picks up again. And, and he's not around. So I just, did that throw you in the same way?
1: It did. Um, the, uh, The time jumps back and forth. Definitely, um, it did help. I mean, it did. um, It did throw me as I was watching episodes because I, you know, I was trying to. I mean, it was very good storytelling again. But Mm -hmm. as far as the the, the, the overall episode, I I enjoyed the episode overall. Mm -hmm. But the but it was it did get a bit distracting trying to keep track. If I like glanced away for a moment and see 87 days ago or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. then, um, or even if I was watching it, 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 it it, it took away from the story just a little bit because it was a good narrative flow. And then we get to a point and then we jump back to, uh, to, um, to some flashback as far as, you know, Delgado, for example, and his, uh, his, his fall from grace. Wow. You know, I, I, we, I wonder if it was just set up- it was definitely obviously it was following through from the story from season one where uh ty as he was learning more how to use his powers and stuff i think if i recall that the uh the uh delgado father Delgado didn't he ex- he did experience this uh ty's cloak and that darkness and it, it, we had to flashback to him. What's the car accident given he was a drunk driver?
0: Well, that wasn't his cloak. I mean, part of Tyrone's ability is that he's able to see people's fears.
1: Right. If he right, touches what?
0: them, just like Tandy's able to see their hope. Right.
1: Right. Right. And yeah, fears or yeah. And so I think maybe his, his fear of being exposed for what he, what he did or what he truly, how he truly is was what that was about. And so maybe they were just bringing that. Storyline forward in that, uh, like, like Bridget, there's a bright positive side and a negative side. And the, the negative side of Father Delgado was on display in this episode to just go through that theme that, you know, there is a there is that yin and yang within every, within each of us. And here's, you know, because of things that happened in his life, here's how he ended up backsliding into being an alcoholic mess again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we see that with Ty, Ty and Tandy in this episode too, where, uh, Tandy was really almost okay with Mayhem just, you know, being executioner with those traffickers and Ty had the fear of, wait, wait, you know, this could happen to me too, but, but Tandy has to remind him that no, 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 you have more empathy and he has more empathy. And he was, he displays that, uh, where again, even though he's had many injustices inflicted upon him because he's being blamed for Connor's death, uh, he still has faith in the system. And whereas Tandy was, you know, a lot like Mayhem, which is shoot first, ask questions later. Ty still is like, no, there's a process as far as how to deal with these things. And so with each one of these characters, we're seeing that, that dark and light. And that's the whole, you know, again, that's the carry through that has been with Ty and Tandy's powers throughout this series.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really liked what they did with Tan. Uh, well, Let me backtrack. This is a classic conversation that seems to keep coming up in most of these superhero shows. Um, What is justice? And how do you get justice? Is justice really locking up the bad guys or is it removing them from the game altogether? And I think that watching Mayhem go about this, which, by the way... (laughs) Um, actually we'll get to that but go about this and she does end up solving cases she she's a very good detective Mm -hmm. she she has it all laid out she knows who the bad guys and she's going after them and not only finding them but actually removing them from the game and i think that there is an appeal to that i think the difference really came down to not only um Tyrone's background, but just also that he's so afraid of becoming that person that he's going to run the opposite way. While while Tandy knows is very knows who she is to the point where she just wonders, maybe they're doing it the wrong way. And, and maybe I can have a bigger impact because we saw in that first episode, she tried to make a difference. Yeah. And because of the way she went about it, which is like the nice way, it, it ended up really biting her in the back.
1: Yeah. Well, the nice way, how? Well,
0: she tried to get that girl not to go back to her boyfriend. Right. Remember? Oh, and yeah. then it only pushed them closer together because of right. manipulation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying there. You're right. I, I can get I can get that. And why she was drawn to to Mayhem's. Taking him out of the game altogether, um mm-hmm. more so than Ty's reticence to do that, because he's just so afraid of you know, crossing that line.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially when you're already accused of crossing the line and, and I think he's still debating in him himself because he doesn't know where Connors went. Like he, right. he knows where he went, but he doesn't know what happened. So I wonder if part of that question keeps coming up in his mind. Did I, I know I don't want to be a killer, but did I actually kill somebody? Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah. Um, and, and I, and and to go back to that first episode and Re- or the second episode, restless energy, Tandy was close to killing that that boyfriend but decided not to and and again that situation got turned down into him playing the victim. So right. so I she is frustrated and I think that's what they really want to do with these two characters is how the person with the most hope is able to feel somebody else's hopes is like drawn to the darkness, while while Tyrone, who's has a cloak of darkness, is drawn to the light.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they they are, and and I, I think, and using the human trafficking story as a backdrop for that, it's 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 so real. So real. It's so grounded and and in in the superhero world where these individuals do have the power to possibly solve something, but for whatever reasons as as they see but they also see the limitations of their power
0: mm-hmm.
1: to address a very complex problem
0: mm-hmm. yep yep uh, let's let's get into this mayhem because yeah. I think what they did in this episode with mayhem showing the two sides of detective O'Reilly. Suddenly everything we saw in the first two episodes makes a whole lot more sense now that we understand where where mayhem comes from my my one question and it's kind of a complaint too is um are we sure that the aggressive doesn't just take all detective skills away from the docile (laughs) (laughs) I mayhem is pretty smart and and I don't know what's going on with Detective O'Reilly because she just seemed very like not even one step behind like multiple steps behind and it just it was it was really odd however in a reflection of the first season these two sides of her really do if you put them back together create the person we met last season and I think that's part of the genius of what um this actress was able to do given this premise.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that the um I like the split. I do think that the the because the, they both have the intelligence, they both have the detective skills, uh, but you're right the 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 part of her at least this episode The, 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 the the aggressive, the alpha, the alpha Bridget, the mayhem is definitely more, seems to have the upper hand as far as the the detective skills. And, but the docile side knows those parts as well. So she is still also able to track, but it is two steps behind. So, um, I, I think, I think we're going to see that pretty much throughout the season. Hmm. Um. But I think the the docile side of her will be that 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 anchor for both Ty and Tandy to keep them from going over the deep, going in into deep. In particular, Tandy on the mayhem side, and and for Ty, um, I think just to help him explore that. His his fears and and help help him draw more of his abilities out.
0: Right, right. Well, um, we'll we'll see what happens with Mayhem and and Tandy next episode. Considering w- what are we calling this place that Mayhem got sucked into?
1: Oh boy, the, the I don't think that I don't know. Another
0: that, dimension, isn't
1: it's it? A, it's another dimension, yeah yeah it's it's thai's cloak dimension the roxon dimension i don't know i don't know what we'll call it we got to come up with a good name for it
0: yeah so and and i think that was again i really liked how they ended this episode um because last season um i felt like going into this season i felt like one and two mirrored a lot of what we saw in the pilot episode last year and (laughs) Now that we're gonna get, um, next week, a full hour of them in this other dimension, Tyrone on the outside, Tandy on the inside, it mirrors what happened last season where they were ch- sucked into each other's hopes and fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Mayhem is just along for the ride. And, um, she comes across something that I was even a little bit more shocked by because I was waiting for Connors to jump out. And instead we find, uh, the, the refrigerator boyfriend. Oh yeah,
1: the boyfriend, yeah. And yeah.
0: he's got, he's, he's, um, awkward reunions. Yeah. Yeah. He sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, really, I felt like what this episode did, because even Mina's in this episode is focus on not just Tyrone and Tandy. But while moving your, them forward in this whole sex trafficking, um, plot line, really build the, the universe of where everyone is mm-hmm. since the incident lap during the season finale and pulling those pieces, um, together to help build for the rest of the season.
1: Right. Right. And, and I, and I also, I, I liked the, the, the split in that is a true split. It's mm-hmm. not a Jekyll and Hyde. We really got confirmation of that. It's also the mayhem is it, where she still, she has some super human abilities. It's not like overwhelming. It's, 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 it's in good context as far as uh she's definitely more aggressive. She has, she has, you know, Sharpened nails as far as being able to slip people's throats, but, but she's not like this overwhelming ca- villain who has such superhuman strengths that it, it takes it out of this show's established universe.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. Very good um, point.
1: It's, it's real, it, it makes sense that, okay, she can do some things like, I mean, it was just badass when she caught Tandy's like, blade. <laughs> I mean,
0: It's 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 like that um, those stories you hear about moms who um, have to defend their kids and suddenly exhibit superhero like strength and protection, like all of that aggression Mm. um, really is put into this one entity where there is nothing else. And. In comparison to, I don't know, somebody just yelling the word Shazam and suddenly becoming the superhero version of themselves, that would take out the groundedness. <laughs> yeah, it would.
1: it, yeah, it totally would. And I so, think that's, so yeah.
0: that's, that's the difference you're talking yeah. about, which the, is exactly. great. Yeah. Yep. We, and, and before we move on, um, to Doom Patrol, <laughs> one of my favorite moments in the episode was when Tandy felt that girl and oh. she could not feel any of the hope. Yeah. And how paralyzing that was. And for Tyrone to then, um, have to recognize the fear. Um, I, I think that, that moment of the lack of hopelessness was, was really poignant.
1: Yeah, it was. I'm, so, I'm I made a note of that. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I mean, just for the reasons you said, that was, to me, that was probably the strongest standout moments of the episode for me as well, as, you know, really gets, I mean, this real world, I've dealt with this in my professional life too, as far as working on these issues and that lack of hope for these, these women, uh, and people who've been trafficked and Tandy just feeling hopeless to do something. Uh, again, this gets to our point about why, why I, Really like this show and I think, uh, it stands out in the, in this genre in that, uh, it, that, that groundedness and not, you know, not allowing these superpowers to like, to create a false solution to a very complex problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of lack of hope, uh, Ooh. Jane Patrol.
1: Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that was, so, that was, oh boy, that was an exhausting episode. <laughs>
0: I don't know if it was exhausting for me I walked away from it thinking to myself in all honesty this is a one-off this is one of the first I would say truly authentic one-off episodes that Doom Patrol has had all season and I don't know if I actually in the long run will look back and think like that is one of the best episodes they've done or that was unnecessary because part of why I'm so fascinated by Jane is there's so much you don't know about her and they were alluding to uh, where her powers come from, where all these identities come from. And so I didn't know. I would still up on the fence. If I really needed an hour of them really spelling it out for you about where, what happened to her um even though it was cool, very well written, very authentic even though we're talking about somebody's mind, um I still just there's a part of me that kind of wonders how necessary was
1: it? I I, I take it I'll 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 take the other side of that and I, and and because we still don't know a lot about Jane. I mean they were she has 64 distinct personalities we saw what, I guess up to 20 now. So uh, and I'm glad it, it, it was as much a story about Jane, but it was also a large story about Cliff and Cliff accepting what he is and who he is at this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Fair point. so I think that to me is what makes this episode stand out. And it, it, it truly is a one-off. And and we you know we, we talked last week or, or so about the pairings and mm-hmm. and the father daughter dynamic between Cliff and, and Jane was was on full display here, but in in trying to pull Jane out of, out of her mind and out of her despair and her own survival survival of, of being an, an, an abuse victim and. But in doing that, we really got to get deeper into Cliff's journey. And I think it was a, the smartest thing they did with this episode is having Cliff, having the human Cliff show up to go into Jane's mind. Because otherwise, if he had just gone in there as Robot Man, I, this episode would have turned out in a completely different way. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know why, but while you were talking, I suddenly got this like rush to tear up. Um, I don't know this this topic what they what they get into. I've never experienced anything like that myself. Thank God. Um, but just knowing that it does happen, Mm -hmm. it kind of makes me just want to puke and just think like there. There's a reason why some people just should not have sex and should never be allowed to um, have kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was a hard episode (laughs) to watch. Yeah,
0: it's just it so is um, and if I'm I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but there's a movie on Netflix called All About Nina, um, I believe DM me if people are interested to know more about it. Um, but there's a point in that movie where this comedian basically goes a little bit psycho and maybe says some stuff about her upbringing that you probably don't need to say in front of like a full audience, but Hey, you know, everybody has their breaking point. And, and I just kept thinking about that movie and that monologue and comparing it to, this version of how you get to that point and being able to explain why you are pissed off at the world and why people shouldn't like make light of it. Anyways, my point, my point being is that I agree. I think this is a very well done episode. The, I, I really like that they went and explored this topic and I do agree with your point about Cliff. He is very essential and he doesn't, he doesn't, um, take up too much space no. because this really is Jane's episode, but he is used just enough. And that moment when he was tearing off his face, oh, yeah. I had to look away.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was hard. I, it,
0: yeah. Oh, I was going to say I like that part. I also liked the, the detail about the, the version of her dad and he was larger than life but he was also made up of puzzle pieces mm-hmm. and i thought that was really clever considering some of the fla- the memories we we walked through of of jane which by the way that's not her real name nope. um and there was another primary and i think there probably is going to be one more who if we do ever Go back into the underground, we might see the original, which is her name Kay? Kay, I believe, yeah. 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 Cause, cause we met, we kind of met Miranda. We, we know Jane. Um, but, but yes. And, and I like how some of them don't, don't go to the surface. Right. That, that was really odd. You know, because you're like, oh, if you have all these personalities, um, they're they're all eager to take over. But I guess that's not the case.
1: They're not. It's not. And I guess, it, and that's the, the that what makes the Jane persona and and the hammer hammerhead personas all such such compelling character in Diana Guerrero. Angarero does just does a phenomenal job portraying this. And also the other and and one thing I also noticed is that instead of having her do all the different personalities, they actually did bring in other actors and and, and it actually worked. Uh where they channeled enough of those things that we've seen on the surface in the, the preceding episodes uh being portrayed by someone else. I, I thought they all it all just from a production standpoint worked worked well together. Uh, and, and didn't take away, uh, from, from the experience in that episode. But, uh, I, I, you know, it was a very, it was whenever, uh, her dad approached Kay at the very beginning, I, and saw that scene and realized what was the, what was going on there. It, it, it wasn't, a, it was a very emotionally and a very hard episode to watch, but, but they they handled a very sensitive topic in a very appropriate and a very story way, and also they, again to our point with cloak and dagger, uh, they didn't solve it at mm-hmm. the end of the episode.
0: Well, Cliff thinks he he did. Cliff thinks
1: he did. But when Jane, <laughs> but when Jane was resting back into yeah, at the at, you know she started hearing the voices again.
0: Yeah. But Cliff also thought oh, therapy yeah. was a good idea. Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah,
0: that yeah, therapy was would, would solve everything. Oh well,
1: the no, that was the rat. Everything. He's <laughs> like, I have to fight. I'm the reason why you're here, Jane. <laughs> uh, but but else, yeah. So it was it was definitely one off. Yeah, you know, as far as Negative Man and the rest of the rest of the team, they really you know, they were just basically uh, you know, conduit to get things going. But. Uh, I, yeah. I think when we look back at that at this season, and I know we still have, I think we still have what, eight to go, seven, eight to go.
0: Yeah, that's starting to worry me. I was looking at that after watching this episode. I'm like, hmm, fifteen episodes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I get bored after ten. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't know, but they, they, they just. But I think that for me, I, I I'm I know we had those little hiccups, and we may have some hiccup episodes. Getting to 15, but I feel like the show is getting back on its footing. And yes, this was a one-off, but I think it was a, it was a necessary one-off that even though I know more about Jane, it left me with even more questions than answers.
0: Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know if it left me with more questions than answers. Um, no. I, I, I hope we go back to the underground in the future. I think that would be great. Every season have one episode in the underground. And that's Um, what I meant
1: by the questions. Okay. (laughs) No, so sorry for it back, yeah.
0: Yeah. So and, and who knows, maybe next time it isn't Cliff, maybe somebody else. I mean, Victor it also needs some humbling every now and then, so he's he's a good one. And, and yeah, 15 episodes just scares me. It just, it scares me cause I felt like they kind of tried to do that with Teen Titans where they doubled down and then they got scared because it wasn't that good and so they backed off but then the finale didn't work and I, I don't know. I, I think it's weird how not a lot of people are talking about Doom Patrol even though it's far Away better than Titans. Um, definitely, definitely. I just, yeah. I wish people would watch it more, just like I wish people would watch Cloak and Dagger more.
1: Yeah, yeah. These are two shows that, uh, definitely are, don't sleep, people don't need to sleep on them. If you're getting tired of the same tropes over and over again, look, watch, obviously folks, you are listening to us because probably you're watching them, but if, if this is your first time listening to us and you haven't watched these shows we I can't strongly recommend them more uh there are definitely some of the better uh genre shows on right now,
0: yeah, yeah, there's a lot of originality and it's it's definitely not a procedural definitely these not. are these are shows that have a narrative um build a narrative um throughout the entire season so I think that is it for us today. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you?
1: Yes, you can find me at Will and Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K.
0: And you can find me at S-J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Sina Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.